football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? We're going straight forward in the DGAP episode. We're just going right into the show. No no voice uh, effects, you know, not, nothing, nothing of that nature. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. I'm ready. I've been ready for this episode all day because I've been looking at the questions. I think we have some good questions. You're, yeah, you're like the, you're like the Carrie Underwood of the of the DGAF episode. You've been waiting all day for the DGAF episode. That's right. That's right. Those lyrics are completely nonsensical. Of yeah, course. they really are. You've been waiting all day for Sunday. It just I that song grates on me so much. And and, and how long have they had it now? Fifteen years. Oh, it's 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 forever. Yeah, but like like. Who in their mind has been who who on a Sunday who's a football fan right is, is truly waiting all day for that game at night? Nobody, no one. I, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll watch it and we do, you know, for fantasy purposes. And I guess some people still root for teams, but you know, as a, as a fan, you're you're uh, in red zone. You're ch- checking your scores all day. The last thing you're doing is going, oh man, I can't wait for tonight. All, you are you're engrossed in the moment the you know the entire time yeah and the other thing too is that we all live in a country where your most people are working monday through friday yeah. and and waiting for like most people can't stand sunday night because they're dreading what happens on monday morning it is you're right it is the opposite of how i felt uh as a kid and how everybody felt as a kid you 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 dread sunday night all week from from monday morning on you dread sunday night because it's the worst Yes. And by the way, I, I do want to say, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Gary, Gary V, uh, who's, you know, he's, he's an entrepreneur and he gives like life advice and, and business advice. And mm-hmm. he's very much a, a sort of a motivator slash uh, he's been successful. So he helps other people be successful. But his his whole like philosophy is basically like, you know, like we shouldn't fear Mondays. Like that means that you're doing something wrong with your life and stuff. So I want to throw that out there, guys. If you don't like Mondays, if you don't like Monday mornings, maybe think about changing your job. Mondays are less bad when you like what you're doing. Yeah. Sure. Like I, I will I will confidently say yeah. that over the last six years of my life since doing this as my full-time job, I don't fear Mondays. I no longer fear Mondays. It's not yeah. that big of a – I mean, look, I'd rather you know just like hang out and not do anything because mm. that's, that's great. But yeah. it's, not, it's not that bad. Working is not that bad for me. Absolutely. Uh, I've been on both sides of that coin. I've worked several jobs that I loathe and it, and it was, so it made Mondays just a nightmare. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. I've been there being able, you know, I, I get the, I get the Monday morning blurb shift and being able to, to dive headfirst into the numbers from Sunday right off the bat on Monday. Um, it's a lot less bad than yes. what I, what I have done professionally. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, it's been seven years, not six years. I just, I realized I, I was wrong. I, I, because this year doesn't count really <laughs> in, in general, the way that things have gone. I just assume that, that 2020 doesn't count yeah. for it. If you, if you want a fantasy title this year, it, it, it only like half counts. It doesn't get, it gets an asterisk. Sorry about that. Sorry to the lips. 
um, on a completely different note and in a horrible transition, uh, I thought it would be good and timely for us to talk about our New Year's experiences over the years. Now, this is, you know, high school, college. This is pre-kids whilst married and then post-kids. Sure. And then for me, you know, whilst uh, estranged. So um, I, I thought I thought we should do that first since New Year's. We have New Year's tomorrow. New right. Year's Eve. I, I'm, I'm losing track of the days here. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. And of course, no one is going out. <clears throat> so I think it's a good time to reflect and and think about what we've done. So I will start if you don't. Okay. Mind. Yeah, I want to hear. So so we're going with like timelines here of how things yeah. have shifted and changed. All right. So this one, and I'm not, I'm not going in particular order here, but this one comes from sh- right after um, Melissa and I got married. Uh, we were invited to a house party at this large, real big house. It looked like the freaking, you know, hotel from The Shining. Okay. And uh, the the people there are, are you know, generally, uh, you know, well off and, and everything. So I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm like, you know, 25 years old making sure. no money. So I'm, I'm trying to look the part so i get dressed up okay i put on like the tightest black jeans that i have i'm wearing i thought you were gonna say like a three-piece suit here but that's that's good okay keep going keep yeah, going. yeah tight black jeans like a like a my nicest button down like i shave i put on um i put on like my 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 black you know dress shoes i'm i'm, I'm set to go like this is like my going out outfit sure we get there and melissa dresses up too we get there and literally everyone is in sweatpants and sweatshirts. No way. And I just walk in and I go, are we, are we not, we're not, so we're not dressing up, huh? And wow. the host was like, oh, it's chill, man. It's chill. And he's wearing a t-shirt. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to be over here. If anyone needs me, I'm going to be over here drinking my fancy beer, looking fancy. So. Well, the, here, here's the thing though. At least it's New Year's and you know everyone's going to be hammered. So it becomes less of a deal than if it's like something yeah. where like, you know, everyone's not really into it to begin with and they're not like drinking and, and loosened up from that. At least you could probably be a little bit self-deprecating too at that point. I mean, there were several people there who you could not convince me they didn't just get out of bed. They didn't roll out of bed right. and go to the party. Like their, their hair's a mess. It's my kind of party though. Right. Uh, no, I hated it. I hated it. And, and, but you know, I was, I was just to the nine. So, all right. All right. So what's, what's one of yours? I mean, I don't know if I have like an embarrassing slash crazy, crazy <laughs> new year's experience. I, I will say I um, have gone, this is, this is a cool thing that I do every single year. It's cool for me. Uh, and I think people enjoy it, but over the last like decade, I want to say actually longer than that, it's been probably since like 2007 or eight when uh-huh. I was in college, it started uh because i graduated in 2010 and uh every year i have created a power hour playlist that is of the the big songs from Um, that year that's good and so it started out as just like a group of us that like you know i would like college and high school like thing is with with new year's eve it always became a all my buddies are home from from college right. and, and we all just get together and then it morphed into, OK, now we don't all live in, you know, we're not in college. And we're not all coming home. So it morphed into something else and it morphed into something else. But it started and now it's cool because I use Spotify for it. And now since 2013, I have playlists every year oh, nice. that that I could like go back to. So I actually this week I've been off from work, which has been amazing because I haven't I haven't taken a single day of vacation this year. This, wow. is the, this is the first vacation that I've taken. So what I did was yesterday, I just, I, two, last two days I played DJ 
and I've, <laughs> I've, I've cultivated this uh, incredibly uh, very hip and, and pop focused playlist, uh-huh. you know, with like Ariana Grande and, uh, you know, The Weeknd and, and so on. Uh, and it's a great playlist. It's great. If anyone wants it, I can probably send it to you. Um, just hit me up. You can email me at jj uh, at numberfire.com and I'll just email it to you guys. But that's something that we do every year. We do the power hour. This year I can't drink because I've had my, my health issues and whatnot, which are getting better, folks. They're getting better. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I put that together. I don't have, I, I did one New Year's. I was in college mm-hmm. and we decided to open up our door. Me and my buddy who went to high school with me, actually, we opened our doors uh, we were seniors in college. We opened our doors to uh, folks to, to come over and just get absolutely S-faced, right. just just out of our minds drunk. Naturally. Right. Yeah. And uh, we we lived in a I mean, I went to Pitt. So we had, you know, Pitt is basically filled with like row houses everywhere. Like that. that's that's the that's where like students live in these like really, really dumpy row houses, okay. basically. And, and I lived in an apartment complex that was just converted sort of like out of, you know, it's just a typical, like just dumpy apartment complex. And I remember we, uh, my, my mom had this idea to give me, to go to Costco and, and get me one of those giant ass buckets of cheese puffs, (laughs) like just one of those, this giant bucket. And so every, I mean, people are drunk and they get hungry and they're, there's, there's just literal cheese cheese puffs all over our apartment. We're playing beer pong in the hallway, and there's just cheese puffs all over this place. And people are the, stepping on it. People are stepping on it everywhere, cleaning yeah. that thing up the next day. Oh. I will say one of the most satisfying things in the world is getting the suction piece on the on the vacuum cleaner yeah. and suctioning up little cheese puffs. It's very, <laughs> very satisfying. But my God, was that a mess. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, I actually can't. And, and also, cheese puffs sound amazing. Right they were very good. I mean, they were a hit. If you guys want to have a good time on New Year's Eve, get some cheese puffs. Yes, absolutely. All right, all right. So I have I have another one I was just thinking of. This is before I had like a gauge on how much I could drink. Like I was a rookie, okay? And sometimes like with the white white Russians, which everybody knows about, it just got away from me when I really liked the way a drink tasted. So this happened with uh, Prosecco. Are you familiar? Yes. Okay. So Prosecco, I guess it's not technically champagne, but it's, you know, bubbly wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah. sure. And and so it's in the it's in the category. Anyway, so this this party I went to had only Prosecco and beer I didn't like, you know, like fancy beer. So I'm like, OK, whatever, I'll, I'll have some Prosecco. And I have a couple. and I'm like, oh, man, you know what? This isn't too bad. So, you know, I have another another one. I'm like, do you guys know how good Prosecco is? <laughs> no one has ever told me how good, you know, my you know, Melissa drinks it all the time. And I and, and she never told me this is the best thing I've ever had. It's like juice. It's like juice. I'm drinking another one, fifth one, sixth one. So I, I, I drink, I don't even know, like maybe 10, 12 glasses of, of Prosecco. I get in the car. And on the first downhill on the way not, home, not driving, I'm assuming. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, no, no. Yes, no. I, we have to we have to be clear there. Uh, no. You're right, you're right. Thank you, thank you. No, that, it was uh, I was actually in the back of a car with a bunch of people, all intoxicated except for the driver, and um, I had to stick my head out of the window and do my business. Like a, oh, okay, okay. Do my business all over the side of the vehicle it was a mess but i had no other choice i mean it was like one of those things where you know you know what's happening and there's just no there's just no stopping it so that was that was the last time i had a prosecco for a long long time as you yeah it sounds like that that's what so so speaking of of vomiting uh today 
we are driving back. So we went, we just were driving around a little bit and we were on like back roads and whatnot. And then we, we decided we're going to go for, to Chick-fil-A for lunch. Right. And place. yeah. And, and Avery loves Chick-fil-A. So we go to Chick-fil-A and we're driving home and all of a sudden, uh, Avery vomits in the back seat. Wow. And, and this is the first time since, I mean, spitting up is not the same thing. You know? no, 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 this is, this is the first like real toddler vomit that we've ever dealt with before. And she, she, she just was like, like, I, I was like borderline laughing. I felt terrible because she just was like, she was like, she was eating a French fry in the back seat Cause she got, we got Chick-fil-A. So she, we gave her a French fry for the way home. Oh, and she, waffle, goes, right? she, she was just like, I eat French fry and I spit, I spit, I spit. <laughs> I felt so bad. She's fine now. And, but the reason I bring this up because yeah. you're saying that you're not drinking that anymore. Or like even the white Russians, like you're not going yeah. back to white Russians. No, anymore. no. She, she, she came home and she's just crushing chicken and, and french fries. Oh, oh. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't have, it. yeah, it didn't phase her. You don't have that association. Whereas everyone, I yeah. mean, you know, most people, if they vomit from something, they're no longer, I understand she's, you know, two and a half years old, but still very, right. very impressed by that. Oh, that is, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, that good for her. Cause those, those waffle fries are legit. Oh, they're so good. They're, they're, they're so great. And, uh, uh, you know, new year's with, with kids now, uh, one of the keys, I think, for us at least, what has been to let me just make sure the kids aren't around to um, trick the kids into thinking that it's midnight. Mm, that's a good call. Whenever they're yeah, whenever they're aware enough of what New Year's Eve is, yeah, that makes sense. Because they want it, they want to experience it, and I get sure. it. I get it. I did too as a kid. Do you do you um, actually like change the clocks to that degree, or 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 is it is it more of a like a oh look, it's midnight. Well, I don't know if we could do that with my son anymore. With Xavier, so I was going to say, Xavier seems very, Xavier's like a 16 year old. He's going to yeah, figure that out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> He's telling me to send, send Eleanor to school. Uh, but you know, he, no, no, I can't do it with him anymore. But like, um, yeah. So, so when he was younger, we would say at, at like eight, nine o'clock, I think nine o'clock was our, was our midnight and we would put on YouTube uh, on the TV and it would, you know, have some sort of big uh, celebration. Like it was, like it was midnight. And then, you know, they would go to bed and then we could, you know, settle down with friends and family and whatever. And uh, yeah. the time in, in the house now, I, I don't like I said this year, I think I, I we're out of excuses. I think we have to go all the way to midnight, which for, for the next next day purposes, I mean, them going to bed it's, at midnight. It's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Them going to bed is the equivalent of me going to bed at six o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, just just like 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 brain wise and like mentally. So uh, pray for me uh, for January 1st, because it could be a nightmare. Like you said, that sounds, that sounds miserable. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's transition here okay. to, I, I want to quickly, uh, well, first off, Denny, you did post week 17 stream. I have nothing to do with these. So if they're bad, it's Denny's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Denny, Denny posted streamers on the Patreon page. Do you want to like, just quickly it, just, just name them? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do. Okay, so at quarterback, we have Kirk Cousins, who's available in about half of leagues. I just need to say that because people will say, not in my league. And, and if you're playing in week 17, it's pretty, pretty weird. By the way, by the way, you know that I don't even know who any team is playing really this week. Like, that, that's how little I've done this. Like, I'm only going to really get into it over the weekend when I want to play DFS and stuff. Well, it changes every 15 minutes. Someone is named, is, right. is, you know, the team say, well, we're benching this guy. Mahomes yeah, is out. Yeah. Roethlisberger's out. I mean, how do you how do you make any plans? I see Pete Overzet talking about cash games on the, <laughs> on the timeline. How are you going to make a cash game line up when everything's changing every 15 minutes? 
Uh, anyway, anyway, all right. Keep all right. Going. So we have Kirk Cousins, we have Andy Dalton, Philip Rivers, and Alex Smith if he plays, which I, I don't know what his practice status was today. Um, so at tight end, we have one. I know one of the uh, Donald Par, uh, Parham, yeah, or Stephen Anderson, who was actually functioning. Yeah, yeah, you got some love. Yeah, function as the top tight end without Hunter Henry. Now Hunter Henry could be back depending on if he was a close contact or if he actually has the vid. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Irv Smith is still out there in a lot of leagues, and he man, he delivered last week for sure. Yeah, I won a um, championship because of him. Oh, so great, so yeah. great. I, really I had happy. I had him. This is this is a total just like fantasy douche moment for me. But I <laughs> I, I was facing Alvin Kamara and Jeff Wilson. My Christmas was completely ruined. I was DMing you and Rich saying that my oh. life was over. Oh, yeah. And and then I had Josh Allen, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Irv Smith, like all the like literally the rest of my team like when Miles Sanders was even fine. I mean the the whole team other than Le'Veon Bell just went nuclear and I won. I beat Alvin Kamara and Jeff Wilson this week. That's incredible. You're like you're like one of the like 1% of people who survived yeah. Kamara. Uh also I have to say to the listeners uh, listening to JJ tilt over DM about Josh Allen on Monday night was one of the <laughs> so funny things so because he's he is out of his mind tilting. Josh Allen is. I needed a, like I needed like six points from Josh six Allen. Points, six points and and on his second possession, JJ's like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get. It. I was like, no, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have had I have had so many bad beats this year, more than almost any other year. I think I've played fantasy. I was so prepared for a Josh Allen hammy pull and then he's out for the game and a game that they're going to win easily and they're just not going to use Josh Allen and I'm going to lose because of a Josh Allen injury. You you have to t- look, if you're playing fantasy football and you don't tilt, you're not playing fantasy football properly. But I'm I'm DMing Rich Rebar and Denny throughout this and Rich Rich keeps saying like like he's going to do it on this play or he's going to do it on yeah, this play and yeah. I'm, I'm like stop jinxing this. You got to stop jinxing this. I I I know how you feel. I've been there, been there and done that, but I was wondering, did Josh Allen get it done? He he he, 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 did. Okay. he got it done. He got okay, it. Just I'm just making sure. I did right. I did lose a final though because Stefan Diggs went absolutely bonkers. So yeah. that was cool. I feel terrible for you. Uh, all right. And then we have, uh, and for those who are not tracking the Eagles tight end situation, Dallas Goddard could miss this week with a calf injury, meaning Zach Ertz is back as a week 17, I don't know, Millie, uh, you know, uh, a millionaire maker is winner. He, is, is he, is he better than Richard Rogers is the real question. Like, no. is he better than Richard Rogers? But, but we've talked about how he blows up on week 17. And this oh, is, yeah. you yeah, know, that's true. it's happening. It's happening again as in twin peaks, it's happening. And um, uh, so if Garnett is out, I think Ertz becomes a great, great play against Washington. Er- Ertz is legitimately like the Danny Amendola of tight ends right oh. now, where he he just catches the ball and he just immediately falls over. Yeah, super washed, whatever. He's going to get 15 targets if Garnett is out. All right. Uh, defense, we have, I mean, it, it's your pick, honestly, like late with all the yeah. players who are going to be out. The Chargers are viable now that, now that the uh, Chiefs are going to rest their starters. Yeah, the Packers, the Cowboys – uh, the Vikings against the Lions, which is great. And then uh, the Cardinals against the Rams. Like, I want to say B team, but it's like the Q team at this point. Yeah. So uh, th- those are those are our defenses. And uh, this is up on the Patreon page. By the way, this is the DGAF episode because we don't give a yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Just, 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 just so it's everyone's aware. We do this one every year, and it's just us, just not caring much, and just answering questions on Twitter. And I'm, and I'm sorry if you have to explain to your children what what DGAF stands for. I want to apologize. <laughs> right. Uh, I do. Before we get to the the questions on Twitter, I want to recap uh, our our results from streaming this year. So I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of basically like our main plays and our secondary plays and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we we actually don't do that on the Patreon page really. Uh, but I do it in the spreadsheet and I'm not like manipulating. I mean, you'll see, I'm going to read some of this, some of these results. I'm not, I'm not manipulating anything because the results are not nearly as good as they could have been. I'm not. And by the way, this is an average of like our main plays. It's not like I'm taking the best quarterback from every week and saying that was our streamer. I'm taking all of them. I'm taking the hits, uh, whether that's like a, a Nick Foles hit or whatever, I don't, whatever it is. Uh, that's all part of this average. So let's, let's kick things off with defense. I, I would say overall, this was probably a, a, a one of the more well below average years for us in terms of streaming. Um, I, I do think that you know I don't want to make excuses. I do think that the the 2020 in general uh, this season, uh, especially like with, with home field advantage and stuff and figuring that stuff out, was made it a little bit more difficult for like defenses and whatnot. Right. Um, so at least you know we we have that. But uh, at defense, we averaged 8.4 points per game. This is going to be different depending on your scoring, obviously. Uh, that was defense six, which usually are de- and by the way, I haven't revealed any of this to Denny yet. So he's going to be surprised or, or upset, uh, <laughs> while I, while I read this, but, uh, defense six last season, we were at defense three. We're usually around defense two to four. So it was technically a, a below average year at defense. We were only behind Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Miami, Baltimore, and the Rams. Those are the five, but I will say that the difference between us and and some of those defenses only like a pointer, like point point and a half. Sure, so. I think that's actually better than I thought. So yeah, yeah. tight end was actually better than I thought. Uh, we averaged ten point four four PPR points per game among our our you know our high end tight ends, and now you know like things like Irv Smith happening last week certainly boosted that a bit. Um, you know, whenever you have such low totals, just math wise, if you have like a, ma- a monster week, then you're able to really skew that average a little bit more. But that's the case with any of these tight ends. If they have a big game, then that's going to skew their average. So that was tight end 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. But tight end five this year was TJ Hawkinson, who mm-hmm. was behind, uh, you know, uh, I guess it was, uh, Kelsey Kittle, uh, Waller and Mark Andrews. I think those were the top four. Uh, and he had 11.3 points per game. So this is, we were, we were less than a, a point away from being tight end five. So it wasn't like you lost that much, but as we know, there was a massive, massive advantage this year to having Kelsey and even a pretty good advantage of having Darren Waller. If you're, you were able to get him and then at quarterback, this is what people care about most usually with our streamers. You know, historically I've done, I've done articles on this. I've talked about this a lot on my podcast about how quarterback streaming can be effective and I want to preface this by saying, entering this season, you know, I, I did an entire episode of this on the late round podcast, but entering the season, it seemed very evident that you weren't going to get a true difference-making quarterback late. Uh, and, and, and what I mean by that is a lot of the mobile cheat code quarterbacks right. were, were going in the middle rounds of drafts. But the difference is back in 2012, when I released the late round quarterback ebook, and back then these quarterbacks, you know, the, the 12th quarterback was being drafted in the eighth round, whereas mm-hmm. this year, the, the sixth quarterback was being drafted in the eighth and ninth round, right? So the cost to acquire these guys was actually, it wasn't that significant. And so as a result, I don't know about you guys, but like I had Josh Allen on like 70% of my teams. Like he was it, like, that was just the result of 
playing the market, which is what the late round quarterback strategy is all about. So I do want to preface with that. Streaming is never the go-to strategy for the most part. It's always try to find a guy that you can lock in and play each and every week. I, I can't, I know I sound like a broken record to some people because I say that so much, so much on my show, on this show, uh, et cetera. But I think it needs to be said because we had 18.4 PPR or points per game, not PPR. I don't really care about that. Uh, 18.4 points per game at quarterback. Now that was QB 11, which is by far the worst ranking oh, yeah. that we have had on this show since we started this, since I started tracking this, which is I think is six years worth of data now. And so tra- traditionally, historically, we've been in the QB five, six to, to eight range. Um, that That's basically like the baseline for quarterback. Uh, but this year's QB 11, we were better than like Kirk Cousins, who had an underrated year, Kirk Cousins did, in, in terms of just statistics. Drew Brees, we were better than Matt Ryan, but we were not as good as Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert. Um, you, 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 I, all, you got Herbert off the waiver wire. And, yeah, I mean, Tannehill, Tannehill was a late-round guy. Tom Brady in a lot of leagues was a late-round guy. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not discounting what you could have gotten, you know, late for for these. And, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert was a streamer for us, so you could have just ridden him yeah. you know, through the rest of the sure. season. But I, I do want to at least throw out there that we had a bad year streaming. Like, it was, it was not a good year for quarterback streaming in comparison to what went on across the league. And, I, you know, if, if, if some of these if, – if, so there are going to be quarterback hits every year, right. right? The hits just happen to be with these early, like the 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 correlation between preseason ADP and postseason result. I haven't done the study with it, or I haven't like looked into it, but I would guarantee you that it was probably strongest this season than we've seen in the last decade. Well, the quarterback landscape has changed dramatically over the past five or six years, where, like you said, uh, you know, people are privy to it, like the boomers would say they're hip to it. You know, they, people get it. We see Josh Allen going in double digit rounds in a lot of drafts this year. Uh, and he ends up as what a top three, a top four fantasy quarterback. So it's uh, um, it, that would never happen uh, back in the day, you know, and, and, and it, it so it presents like a huge challenge to actually work the wire uh, with, you know, with the scraps that, that we deal with. And, and another thing we didn't have Lamar. And we didn't have a Lamar this year. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, next year, maybe that's Jalen Hurts or something. You know, if you can spot that rushing upside Konami code guy in the late rounds, that's that makes our, you know, that makes the strategy a lot, a lot more viable. But you have to recognize that the way the quarterback is approached in fantasy has changed dramatically over the past five years. The one thing I do want to say um, that is related to all this. And I actually read this on the late round podcast, maybe like a month ago when I got a mailbag question, but I wrote an article in on, it was published on May 19th and it was, did Lamar Jackson break the late round quarterback strategy? And I want to read the, the, uh, the conclusion a, a chunk of the conclusion that I wrote, because I think it really captures not only my feelings entering the season and, and earlier in the season, but what the late round quarterback strategy is really all about. I know that it sounds right now that I'm like being defensive about how, no, like we streamed poorly this year. Like I'm not trying to like, like b- bounce around that idea that, that we were this idea that we were like good, but I do want to read this because I think it's really important to know that streaming isn't everything. This isn't your go-to strategy. Usually you should really be looking at the market and how things are changing, etc. So let me, let me just read this. It says, 
you know, the truth is the question about the late round quarterback strategy in fantasy in fantasy football this year shouldn't really revolve around Lamar Jackson. It shouldn't be about whether or not you're willing to take Jackson in the top 25 or the top 30. Instead, our focus should be on the fact that the fantasy football world has gotten smarter. Mm-hmm. In the past, a season like Ryan Tannehill's 2019 would have almost assuredly catapulted his cost the following year into the top 10 at the quarterback position. Yet today, the following year, he's being drafted as a mid-range QB too. Historically, fantasy managers didn't put a premium on quarterback rushing production. They ignored what's been dubbed the Konami code of fantasy football. We don't see that anymore. The consensus top seven quarterbacks this year are all players who bring that extra juice with their legs. So no, Lamar Jackson isn't what could break the idea of drafting quarterbacks late in fantasy football. You are. As the fantasy football world gets sharper, the late round quarterback strategy may slowly morph into the middle round quarterback strategy. That's good. I remember that. I remember you writing that, and I and I thought that was really a good uh, observant, you know, uh, take on on you know what what's what's happening. Like it, it 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 you did a good job of like encapsulating like everything that's that's happening over the years. I just want to want to add, you know, streaming the QB eleven. Most importantly, uh, that we are not owned. Definitely not owned. I will say though too one one last thing on this topic because I'm I mean I'm going to be talking about this topic so much over the off season but if you look at ADP over the last six or seven years at quarterback what you'll notice is this a very obvious shift of quarterbacks getting, being drafted later and later and later and later right and that's what caused us then to uh, look at or caused me to do that study and and look and say hey look these guys are being drafted so much later why not just go after the guys who clearly have this QB1 upside, the Dax, the the Josh Allens of the world. And so that's that's what really forced me to, to want to write that and talk about it. But here's the thing. Now that that's happened, we're going to reset. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden next season, we're going to see quarterback ADPs rise again. Mm-hmm. And then as a result of that, we're likely not going to be drafting those guys because they're going to be going too early. Whereas this year they weren't going too early. So it's going to be a really interesting discussion. That is interesting. I hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about, about next year, but you're, you're right. I mean, people will, will remember this and be like, Oh, right, right, right. So I can just take this guy in the fourth round now or, you know, yeah, I get that. Whereas there, there are going to be players, I'm sure like a Joe Burrow, if he can get healthy or, or a Jalen hurts, who's probably going to, I mean, there's just so many good quarterbacks. He's probably going to be a low end QB one, maybe even a high end QB two in drafts next year. Whereas he's an obvious go-to pick because of what he can do with his legs. So it's going to be really interesting, but that's my take. I know that I, I threw a lot there at you, but I think it's a good like teaser for what's coming in the off season too. Yeah. It'll be Justin field season. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the questions. First question, at sclark111286. If there was a Bachelor-type reality show of fantasy football analysts, who would be selected for the house? Featured contestants... Featured conte- contests, sorry. Featured contests, participants would compete in the house. Smoothie or smooth smoothie making... Sorry, spelled with a Y. It really threw me off. Wow. Smooth, smoothie making... Leg wrestling, Wii golf, white Russian chugging, driveway shuttle run races to get garbage pails. <laughs> I, I think I think Denny and I are locks to be in there. Then. I think we have to be. I mean, you you just you know put put a bunch of my hobbies and interests in there. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously the leg wrestling I have to go because yeah. I would destroy Denny in some leg wrestling. Now, Denny, now you have to admit defeat because I have a Peloton. Yeah, well, no, I, I cannot keep up with your elitist uh, workout <laughs> regi- uh, regimen. Yeah. There was a there was a meme that I that my wife and I were dying laughing at where it says 
it's like a guy he was like hey i have a, a reservation uh for whatever you know my na- here's my name and then the person's like we don't have a reservation uh, under that name and then the guy goes well i, I have a peloton so. <laughs> <laughs> so so elite uh wait so we're the question is uh which fantasy analysts would be in this house Yes, for smoothie making, leg wrestling, Wii golf, white Russian chugging, driveway shuttle run races to get garbage pails. I, I would love like a, a real fantasy bachelor with with touts who are who are actually single. Like I, I want like right. a right. like like them to be on some sort of reality show yeah. with a female who's a. Uh, 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 out of their league and to see what they would do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I want rich in there cause we like hanging out with rich. Um, yeah. I would just want people that I would hang out like over set. You can come over here. It'd be fun. Yeah. Just hang out a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my go-to for that. I would, we would need Silva in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, oh. Silva, Silva would actually destroy anyone in leg wrestling. I'm sure. I, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that. And uh, you, let's get uh let's get Pat Doherty in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Rotopack can come. That's cool. I'm cool with that. And Pat Thorman too. Of course, Thorman. Yeah. May- maybe Davis because we all need someone to to just do crazy stuff. Well, well, Davis and I would end up fighting over Bitcoin. So yeah, that's true. Would... We actually, I think we have a Bitcoin question uh, tonight. Oh, yeah. Next question at Stairway to Evan Seventeen. Was there was there a stairway to to Evan? Well, without numbers. Uh, <laughs> do your online personas ever leak into real life? If the garbage man is running behind schedule, does JJ tell his wife he retired? When Denny actually does make make coffee and he makes it too weak, does he tell his estranged wife the process, the process, the process, the process? <laughs> I should. I, I actually listen to this. I made weak coffee accidentally uh, for Christmas morning. How bad is oh, that? Oh man, that's that, yeah, that's what, what was I doing? I I just wasn't paying attention to the amount of coffee I was putting in. Anyway. Yes, yes. The answer is yes, and and it's really unfortunate for me because my online persona is, is horrible. Like I, you know, like it's 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 who can live with that, you know? So yes, it does it does sometimes, and I'll think in like memes. You know, I don't know if you do that, but like uh, like last night. Okay, we were watching The Crown last night, um, and there was a part where there are uh, African people kissing the queen's feet. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable. And I just turned to Melissa and I go, that's going to be a yikes for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, she, and she just handed you the divorce papers. Right. And she's like, oh, like the meme. I said, yes, like the meme. So, yeah. So, yeah no, I, I don't know. Like, here's the difference is that you you play into more of a persona online than I do. Sure, sure. Right. Like, that's like your thing is is to do that. Oh, it's, and it's so, a total act. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I, I don't. I don't, I mean, yeah, like the bits that are randomly on, like, I don't like throw like Jeff Fisher gifts around my house and like hang them up. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I don't really act much differently offline than as I do online. I feel like. I don't think you do. Uh, the, not that differently. I mean, the, the currency on Twitter is to be provocative and controversial. So, right. You know, without that, I mean, you know, without those kind of takes, you're, you're not going to get any attention and attention right. is, is what, is is what drives following is what drives clicks is what drives everything so yeah i mean you it there is incentive to to be the way i am on on yeah, twitter and of course of course and i and i it, occasionally i hate it so i i will say too i uh am very i, I would say that if when i am provocative on twitter it's usually through sarcasm right and like extreme sarcasm and i'm the I, that's what i am in in real life so 
it's probably really obnoxious. If you think that's obnoxious and you probably think that I would be obnoxious IRL. That's right. Most likely. Next question at mana underscore dork. What movie can you recite line by line? Mm. That's a good question. We've never gotten this one. I know mine. What's yours? Mighty Ducks 2. Mm, okay. Even, the Quack Attack is back, Jack. Even today? Even today. I could I could throw that thing on and be able to to go line by line. Yeah. I don't know if I have any line by line movies. I know a lot of lines from all the Friday the 13th movies um, and the Halloweens, but uh, I, I don't know if I have one. Do you notice? So here's the thing. I, I have this like because I've, I've talked about how like I remember every like 90s commercial jingle and stuff like that. And it's like it's honestly a detriment to my life. But uh, I, I, I've, I've realized that the things that I remember versus other people from like first to fifth grade, like elementary school years, mm-hmm. I, I remember everything so vividly. Like to the like, I remember every chorus song I used to sing. I remember my lines to plays and stuff. But as I'm older, it's not like that. As I'm older, uh-huh. right? Like it's it's not. I'm 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 not saying that I'm like some like superior. I have this superior memory. It's not that at all. It's just in that time period, I most definitely did. And now, if I watch a movie, I forget about that movie three days later. Right. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. I think I could. I think I could do old school line for line. Really? Yeah, I've watched old school a lot over the years. Interesting. Oh, you know, you want to know uh, another one that I could do? That's really strange, but we, me and my buddies, used to just love this movie, so we watched it all the time in high school. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Yeah. Saving Silverman. Oh, I remember saving. I saw that in the movie theater. Do you remember that movie? It was actually a low-key, pretty good movie. I was. I went on a date. One of my first dates with Melissa was seeing Saving, <laughs> Saving Silverman. Silverman. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's a really, really good movie, and there are really good, like, like low-key, just just funny, yeah. funny lines. Like, like, Jack Black is right, in it. Right, right. I was going to say. Yeah. Am I and also Steve, Steve Zahn is in it, who is was in That Thing You Do With Tom, and they're good friends IRL. Oh, okay. I, oh, yes, 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 yes. They might even be, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong if you're listening to this, but one of you guys might have been the best man in the other person's wedding, like that close. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, like Steve Zahn's in it, and then you have you have Jack Black. Uh, Jason Biggs is in it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, little, fun little movie. I've also memorized every line from Schindler's List. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Next question. At Arnie M. Bluford. Since this is now a podcast documenting exercise fads, what else have you either have either of you tried? Bonus points if you have Billy Blanks or Richard Simmons VHSs somewhere in your house. Speaking of, this is another memory thing, okay? My mom used to work out to Jane Fonda oh, when I was growing really? up. Right? You remember the Jane Fonda yeah. like workout videos? She would do that in our living room and I would sit there while she worked out. I would be playing like Legos or something, no. whatever. And I would memorize everything that Jane Fonda said throughout the workout, and I can still do it today. I, I still remember the Jane Fonda workouts. I'm not doing it on the air. No, you, I don't. I don't want you to do it on the air, honestly. But give me one line. Give me a line. No, I, I'm not doing it oh, because it's more. <laughs> come on, just one. I can't. This is the most embarrassing thing in the on the planet. Why did I bring this up? So. <clears throat> It was, it was not just, it, a lot of it was her like singing to oh. like a, a song that was going on, oh. but then she would, but then she would make like, <clears throat> you know, whenever like you're listening to a, 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 a workout and like there's a, an instructor and they're doing like motivating and stuff. And they're like, 
I, Denny, I can't do okay, this. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I, 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 I didn't know I didn't singing. I didn't know. I thought it was. I thought it was just like you know, let's do jumping jacks or something. No, no, it was like there, there's, there's a song to it, and and it's her going like woo and stuff like that <laughs> throughout. So I'm not doing that on this show. I'm not doing it on this show. There's not a chance. Okay, all right, all right. That, that that's fair. That's fair. I'm not. I really don't want to make you uh, blush anymore. But but what? Okay, so what, let's let's talk about some okay, like we, some we, we exercise both, fads. We've both done insanity. Yes, we have because I mentioned that I got a migraine from it once, and it's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. Like, that, I, I, those, I did the warm those kinds of workouts are horrible. Yeah, I did yeah. the warm up once, like the first time I popped in the DVD and I and I did the warm up and I was gassed. I'm I'm yeah. drenched in sweat. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, that was hey man, that was a solid workout. I enjoyed that. And then they were like, all right, done with the warm up. Let's get into the extra. I'm like, wait, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm done. Like I'm not doing this. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm finished. You. You had me, you know, working out doing power jumping jacks for 15 minutes. I'm. I'm finished. I don't know who you think I am. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not Derek Henry here. Like I. I need. I need a break. And. Uh, and so that was the worst. Uh, lately, I've been into, what is it called? High intensity interval training. Yeah, hit workouts. Hit. Okay, is this so? This is not new. Okay, so uh, those are not terrible, and and they, they're done, they're fifteen minutes. Yeah, I do the fifteen. I hate hours. I hate them. I hate them even. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I don't I I I don't do well with hit workouts. Like I I did uh there there's a there's a, a guy who he has this like has fit and some of you probably watch him slash do him but he has like a YouTube channel and stuff. I was into that. He does like really cool kickboxing workouts and stuff. So I was into that before. I've done insanity. Uh, I did some P90X uh, in, in the past, yeah. which was. But you know what always just gets me, like that I I just always gravitate back towards is just like general cardio stuff. Now I'm doing the the Peloton uh, workouts, which I, I I understand that it's an elitist thing and that everyone talks about how awesome Peloton is. Huh. But my God, I I'm obsessed. I, it's so awesome. I, it is so um, unbelievable. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. My my brother and sister in law have one, and they are just over the freaking moon about everything, about the training, about like the results. I I feel like you know I need one or I need some sort of exercise bike for the winter because I can't run in thirty degree weather. Right, right, and it got to the point too for me with running where it just wasn't oh. it, it like I. I've, I've been really into running in my past, like very, very into it. And I get way, you know how competitive I can be, especially within myself. I like, I, I told you and Rich Rebar earlier this week, I'm like, even like the smallest fantasy leagues that I play in, I need to win because I need to prove to myself that I'm good at this. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean like, like running to me is, is a, it's a great, like I, I enjoy doing it and stuff, but it just always, I like my body ends up breaking down a little bit because I push myself way too much when I'm running. Cause I'm way too competitive. Yeah. I whereas, whereas you can do that. You can do that with like the bike. You can do that with Peloton a lot more easily. Have you ever gotten shin splints from running? Yes. And they're horrendous. It's, they're it, horrible. It's debilitating. It makes it so that you, you can hardly walk around much less, much less run. I tried to run once last spring. I tried to run with shin splints and I like, I almost cried. I had just stopped. I was yeah, like, it's a horrible feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to burst into tears. This hurts so much. <laughs> I need to go back. 
we uh i i've i've gotten plantar fasciitis before which is like the football injury that people yeah. get sometimes and, and it's it's insane to me that some of these guys like just can stretch it out mm-hmm. a little bit and like come back in a few weeks or a week or two or whatever whereas like i i like had to quit running for like a year and a half oh, until it like finally got better and then i tell people this who were like real runners like really into running and they're like yeah you're pushing yourself too hard like you technically like runners you should be like in a in a heavy jog while you're doing it from what i've read and like understood and stuff but i i push myself so hard all the time when i'm working out and it's really not good but i can't help it like i that's why running's not good for me. I, I, I yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I get impatient with the runs. Yes, so yes, I, same. I get bored. I'm very bored running, even if I'm listening to music that I like. I get bored with like the the the, the same feeling throughout. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna push it for the next like 30 seconds. Yes, and I, yes. I'm not I'm not talking about all out sprint, but like a hard run. And then, so I do that and then I stop because I and you can't hate breathe because I'm going to fall. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fall on my face. And, and then, and then I, I, I do a slow jog and then I get bored again. So I sprint and then I'm done. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I just get so super bored with running. Yeah. I, I'm very, I, I'm in, I'm into Peloton for the long run though. I mean, I'm doing it four or five times a week and it's, it's been just like, like even I've, I've had it for a month now. And even, you know, people who listen are listening to this, there's like, I'm not even going to get into it, but whatever. You guys can follow me on on Peloton, Jagers, J A J E R S. Go ahead and follow me and and keep me keep me uh, keep me honest with my workouts because you can see my 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 data for my workouts. Yeah, and if the patrons are really committed, they're going to get me a, a Peloton. So that's true. This is very true. Yes. Uh, next question at Katie Banks one. Why has Denny stopped saying "look it" before every other sentence? Has Roto World gone to his head? You've changed, man. <laughs> Everybody says that you've changed, man. You're the man, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't look at, I, look, I think, (laughs) (laughs) I I think that that's how I used to do podcasts, not just this one, but like everyone, like guest appearances. I just used to try to lay out an argument by first saying, look at when you think about Andy Dalton, you think about, you know, and now I sound like Chris Collinsworth, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, it was an issue for a while. I think I cut, I cut it out, but I guess people found it endearing or okay or something. Cause they're, they're saying I should use it more. Yeah. I, I think you should use it more. I miss it. I think it was, it was a way, you know, to, to make you more personable. Look at, I appreciate it, but I'm not going to. Next question at sweet Pete, 1034. If you're driving home faster than usual, because you really have to poop and then you get pulled over, what's your next move? Do you try to outrun the police? Poop in your pants to assert dominance, or try and plead with the cop to let you go so you can go poo. <laughs> assert dominance. Like you just like because you. All I'm picturing is you get pulled over, a cop comes up to your door, and you're just staring at him. Just that you know, like when toddlers poop, how they just stand there and they're just staring and like holding on to something, and and you're you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden you just you hear a little bit of a fart, and then and then, and then you just you just start going. And huge blowout. Like, what do you? Yeah, the cop's like, what are you doing? And he's like, you're just like, you know what I'm doing. All right, right. Oh, my God. To assert dominance. That that got me. Wow. Um, I, I would say that if you really have to go and you get pulled over, you have to be honest with the cop. Yes. Because I, I think that there is, there could be some some uh, sympathy there. I, I would hope so. I mean, you know, I guess it depends on what kind of cop you get. but um, Or be like, follow me home so I can just do this. And I promise you, you can write me up afterwards. And then they'll just, they're just going to get bored. And then they're going to yeah, leave. Yeah, follow me home. You can you can analyze my stool if you want. I just, right. I, I just need to get to a, a toilet immediately. <laughs> yes. Next question. At Chris Aaron T., 
What is the worst start set decision you've ever made in terms of consequences and not following good process? Um, so I, 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 I don't really have an example of anything I look back on and say, this was horrific process. What was I doing? And I lost it as a result of this. And now I'm not the champion or whatever. Like I, I've never, I, I've had decisions that I've made that had consequences, but I really try to play fantasy football in such a process oriented way that I don't, I, I don't get overly upset. Like for instance, in the apex final, it didn't really matter in the end because my team really played poorly mm-hmm. in, the, in the final, uh, even though I think my team was probably objectively better. Uh, but I'm just throwing that out there, <laughs> but, but like I played Marvin Jones over Brandon cooks in that league. I had Brandon cooks in another league. I hedged a little bit sure, but Marvin Jones against a defense that wasn't playing as well in the secondary, Matthew Stafford was right. was seemingly healthy, could have a, a high scoring game, all of that. And I said, yeah, I think Marvin Jones makes sense. And I was tilting that decision a little bit, but then I took a step back and I said, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done like it made sense when I made this decision. So I can't be that upset about it. The it's Stafford. Stafford is the the key ingredient. Right. I mean, right. it's without him, Marvin Jones is completely useless for fantasy. And once you lost him, you knew that it wasn't going to work out, but that, that was a hundred percent the right decision. I actually have an interesting story and this got, this kind of catapulted me into kicker analysis. I, I once uh, had, a, I had Jay Feely, whose politics, of course, don't really mesh with mine, but I had him anyway, okay, because fantasy has no feelings. And I had Jay Feely ready to go for week 16 championship. And at the last minute before kickoff, I dropped him for David Akers, okay, who was kicking for Detroit at the time. He kicked- Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot he went there. Yeah. yeah. And Detroit was, was, a, was an underdog. Um, but I was familiar with acres and he had been on somewhat of a hot streak. Okay. Coming into week 16, whereas Feely was kicking for the Cardinals and the Cardinals at the time stunk. Um, but, but they came in as, as favorites. I remember. So I, I dropped Feely go with acres. There's a 10 point difference, maybe 12 point difference between the two. Feely goes nuts and I lose the championship by three or four points. Um, and I thought, okay, I need to understand something about kickers. I need to look into this. And that's what got me started on kickers. It wow. was a terrible process where I, I picked up a kicker for a team that was an underdog and I dropped the guy who was on a team who was, that was favored. And that was the mistake. I will say I've had, I've, I've made trades that were not the best. I, I think I remember mentioning this like years ago on the show but I once traded like I, I traded for Drew Brees and it was like a everyone made fun of me kind of thing. And I gave away Romo and someone else to get Brees because my team was so stacked. And if I would have just kept Romo, I would have won the championship. That's right. So like I've, I've done things like that that are very tilting. But, you know, from a start sit perspective and stuff, I, I'm not I, I don't I don't really have many regrets in fantasy football in general because I I try to really approach every decision I make in a logical way that I can't look back and say that was really, really stupid but I mean, I have, I have moments, but nothing that's had like major, major consequences. Sure. Right. Makes sense. Uh, next question at fantasy Ronan, what are your hopes and dreams for the fantasy football realm or what innovations would you like to see happen to make fantasy football more engaging or fun or analytical? I don't know. That's how, that's a uh, big question. Um, I, I, I would say, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of talk every year during playoff time of making the playoffs have less variance and making them more, you know, just fair in general for the regular season, larger sample size. And so I, I wouldn't mind seeing major platforms 
coming up with ways to do like an all play in the, in the playoffs or, you know, allowing the, the team's average score for throughout the season be added to whatever they score in the playoffs and that kind of thing. So that, so that you don't get these like limping in teams winning the championship. Right. But, but at the same time, look, I, I'm not, I, I'm not one of those people that says you have to absolutely do that because I think part of the fun of fantasy football is that variance. I think two, two week fantasy championships can, can kind of help that. And, and next year we, we probably could, could make that more viable because there will be an extra game. Yeah, I think that that's pro- like I was thinking about that. Number one, it sucks because I love the setup right now because, for instance, I can take off the week between Christmas and New Year's, and now yeah, no, that's likely not going to happen anymore. But I do think you're right. You know, from a from a playoff structure standpoint, we should now make it a week 14, 15, and then 16, 17 kind of situation, and maybe even in week 13, you make it your wild card round or something where someone could get knocked off, but the top two teams are getting a bye. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, there's there's at least some fair something fair for the regular season and from that perspective. So it'll be interesting to see how, how things kinda come together. Yeah, I also think, you know, making kickers uh part of the flex, you know, I think that's something I'd like to see as well. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. Next question at Jake Mason zero zero. Do you hop in the shower and then turn the water on or do you turn it on before you get in? What kind of qu- you turn it on, you let it warm up. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. You can't jump in and and just freeze your nuts off. It, like, what are you doing? It's ice cold. I, I I often often think about how miserable it would be to do what you just said. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Uh, all the time. Uh, you got And look, if you have like a uh, a really great plumbing system and and water <laughs> heater or whatever the heck, and and it's able to warm up quickly, there's still going to be a split second where it's not. And that split second is going to suck. Yeah. I mean, you, yes, you can have the greatest water heater on earth and it would still be cold for five seconds. So, uh, right. You got to wait. You got to wait. You're not, you're not doing, I mean, maybe, maybe like there's something to like freezing your body like that and then getting warm. You know, it's kind of like whenever you're in a hot tub yeah. and then you jump in the pool, right? The opposite effect. Maybe there's something there, maybe there but is. I also don't want, I don't want to be scorching hot then whenever it, you know, I'm cold and then it turns back yeah. on. I, it just doesn't seem like a pleasant experience. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Scandinavian people might do this. I don't know. I've, I always, yeah, right. Scandinavian <laughs> people is always being exposed to like extreme cold and extreme heat. I don't know yeah, why I, I think it. that, but next question at Stott 99, it says, how did the original conversation go when Denny told his dad he was going to make a career as a fantasy writer? Uh. Um, how did that conversation go? I mean, he was happy. Um, he wanted me to be in sports. Uh, he definitely didn't want me to do politics. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, you know. that's true. It's like the, it's like the, the lesser of two evils for you. Exactly. Right. And, and so, and, and we, you know, part of our, a big part of our relationship growing up was sports and, and in particular, uh, football. Uh, right. so, so it was, um, yeah, very, very much welcome. And, and, you know, he, uh, he actually, I don't know if I told you guys, but he bought me that, uh, NFL team background that I used for the Roto world podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he bought that for me. Cause he was like, dude, you know, you look, it looks terrible. Like your backgrounds are always terrible. That's cute. Yeah. So That's he, cute. so he went, so he found somebody who makes those things, those backgrounds. And he said, just put every NFL helmet on it. And, and, and I'll come pick it up. And he did. And he, and he brought it to me for my birthday, basically. Uh, and it was, it was great. So he, he definitely is, is all, all about it. Yeah, it's good. You need that support in general, because like I, I, I personally like 
it, it, to have that support in general is important for me or was important for me because when you make that jump and you say, I'm going to analyze fantasy football, you get some weird looks. Yeah, sure. You get some weird ass looks. And I, I remember that's what happened when I wrote my ebook, especially it's, it's not like if any of you are aspiring writers yeah. or analysts or whatever, you got to get past that and, and don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, screw the haters. It's going to sound, yeah, it's going to sound very trivial to most people. Uh, like, oh, you read, yeah. that's very, that's cute. You wrote, yeah, a, you wrote yeah, a book yeah. about, about fantasy football, fantasy, right. fantasy, fantasy. It's that word. It's the, it, right. it's the word fantasy that just, it just puts people off or it just makes people think of, uh, you know, uh, Comic-Con or something. No, you know, no offense to Comic-Con, but you know, yeah. but that, that's the same sort of un, unseriousness that, 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 that people uh, regard it with. I, I wanted to mention this real quick from the living stream Facebook page. You guys should join if you have not already. I, I, I told that I told Joshua Kranz that I would mention this. This is a uh, for a good cause. I just want to mention this. Uh, Joshua says he's doing a little end of the year giveaway. Uh, the site Underdog is doing a playoff tournament. Twenty five dollars to enter. Joshua is giving away four entries in a raffle. To enter the raffle, he's asking to donate to Alexandria House a transitional home for women and children. Uh, so anyway, check that out. It's on the Living Stream Facebook page. Let's get to some other questions. We can go a little... Do you have time to go a little bit over? Do I? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. Next question is from at... This isn't really a question, but do you remember a couple weeks ago when Drew asked us what he should do about his proposal? Oh, yeah. Well, at first and Drew says, update... I proposed to my girlfriend on Sunday. He did it on championship week. Like we told him not to. And she said, yes. Oh, okay, okay. And then he says, and then I lost my fantasy championship game. To be honest, the engagement celebrations helped distract me from a more extreme fantasy tilt. Thank you both for another entertaining fantasy season. Drew, I think on behalf of Denny, I'm going to say it, but congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. I mean, it would have been awesome if you wouldn't have blown it in your championship game, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I mean, as long as your your fiance understands she's marrying a loser. Then. <laughs> but congratulations. <laughs> but, but congrats, regardless. <clears throat> Next question. Uh, let's see. We're gonna go with at Handy Andy Capper. Thoughts on the squatty potty? I use it and it's amazing. Before you judge, Denny, I've had a I've been an I've been an OG squatty potty user. Oh yeah. They were on Shark Tank, and I bought it immediately. Because because the way Americans poop is not the way your your intestines and and your your body should be sitting uh-huh. when you when you go number two. How should you be sitting? You need it to be uh well the squat with the squ- the squatty potty does it for you. So <laughs> instead of instead of being in a sitting position on the toilet, your your ass should be lower to the ground while your legs are up a little bit. Oh. Because it straightens out, it straightens things out a little bit to come out easier. That is interesting. I remember now you going all in on the squatty potty. I, I went all in. I, I wish I would have invested right. uh, because I think that they're they're pretty successful. But uh, yeah, I mean, I use a squatty potty I, I, every day. Every day, it's up in my my master bathroom in our in our bedroom, and I I use it every single day. It's amazing. I've never really thought about. Uh, the fact that I'm not sitting in the right position. It feels like I'm sitting in the right position, but I guess, I guess I'm not. Next question at Adrian underscore Charlie. If you get a bit of pee on the floor, do you, this is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff we have to be so open about on the show. 
Do you A, wipe it with your foot and then in parentheses sock or no sock? B, leave it. C, wipe it with toilet paper like a cuck lib. <laughs> <laughs> I wave, I wave it like a cuck lib snowflake. <laughs> yeah, I generally do too, but I won't lie. I have I have before used a sock when it's a little bit. Oh boy, that is that is quite the admission. Yeah, I mean, look, we have to be honest on the show. I've done it before. I'm not saying I do that. If I if I look, if if there's a if look it. Look at look look at look at. If there's a big if there's a big pile because I was like distracted on my phone or something <laughs> and the hose just kind of went everywhere, <laughs> then <laughs> then then yes you gotta I, I might have to get a paper towel in that case but if it's like a drop a drop you can use your sock imho oh, that grosses me out i'm gonna be honest it grosses me out i don't know well yeah it, it is gross it's a gross thing i don't think this is any i think this is way less gross than the booger question we got the other day or last mm-hmm. week where it was like like, do you, do you throw your boogers on the right. ground? Um, so we're, we're talking about at home, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, if I'm in public, I'm not doing, I, I'm not, well, okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, if I'm in public and I, and this, and this is, you know, this is somewhat terrible because I, because I'm, I'm leaving it to, to a, a, a sanitation worker to do this. But if I get a little pee on the floor in public, I'm not cleaning it up. Yeah, I don't think that you should, but I mean, hopefully you're not. I mean, maybe maybe if you're at like a bar and you're you're yeah. not you're feeling feeling pretty loose. Oh, I, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. If I no, if that if it happens at a bar, I'm I'm not even pretending. I'm I'm pretending like I didn't even see it. You want to know when I'm at when I'm out drinking, which I don't really do anymore because well, the pandemic and also Everything. I'm a father. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just doesn't happen as much. Uh, but I always know when I'm drunk when. When I start, when I'm peeing and I start talking to myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. that's yeah, like, 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 not a, not like a conversation per Uh se, but just like a, like a, you know, man, I could use another beer or something like that. And like, I, I, so, so like, okay, have you ever heard about how people's thoughts? So when you have thoughts, is it you talking in your mind? So there are people who don't have. Really? Really? Yeah, they don't have a person like talking in their mind about like what's going on, and and it's like a, this phenomenon like that that like someone someone tweeted about it one day, and then I talked to my wife, and she's she's partially one of those people. Yeah, and it blew my mind. She sees like pictures and stuff. I've I've I have a constant inner monologue. Constant, constant inner monologue. I hate it. Yeah, I wish it would go away. <laughs> well, so when I'm when I'm really drunk and I'm peeing, apparently that inner monologue comes out. Right. Well, the. You know, alcohol is one way to stop the inner monologue and, (laughs) you know, it's to shut it up. And, and then, but then, yeah, right. It does come out. I know exactly what you're saying. I, yeah, that's, you'll be alone in it, whether it's in the bathroom, whatever. And then you'll just start talking to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Like I'm just, I'm I'm not like, I'm not like having this conversation. Like I have some sort of mental disorder that I need to like go get fixed or or see a doctor for. I'm literally just like. I'm I'm going to the bathroom and I'll, I'll maybe it's even like a man this feels good. <laughs> kind man, of man, I had to pee. Oh man, gee. Yeah, well, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, last okay. question. This is what we're gonna end it on. At Tony Sueno, did you ever create your own player in Madden? If so, what position did your player play? Mine was always a running back. I'd guess Denny's was a kicker, but I'm sure he always went for it on fourth down because analytics. 
Oh, I never, I never kicked. You know, back when I used to play Madden, uh, did you, did you make play? You, you make players, right? Uh, of course, I made players, but I would always. I, I, what me and my buddies used to do growing up is that we would make players and manage teams and just simulate seasons, mm-hmm. and and do like franchise mode, and we all have our own teams, and we'd see how well they do, et cetera, et cetera. But then also, if I made a if I made a player a character, I never made it me. <laughs> I hated making me. All my characters are not me. I usually go with like a different race in general okay. whenever I whenever I create characters because I don't f- I, for some reason I don't feel comfortable making myself. And I, I'm the complete opposite. I always made myself, and <laughs> I always made myself a white receiver uh, with um, with a dark visor. On. This is the most Denny thing imagine. on the helmet and, and, uh, gloves and dark cleats. Um, yeah, that was, that was me every time. And, uh, I, I always wanted as a kid, I always wanted to be a receiver. Like that was like, that was my, my thing. I never wanted to play quarterback. I had no interest in running back. Even back then I always wanted to be a wide out a flag football, whatever. Uh, so that, that's the only player I ever made was myself playing receiver. I would usually make myself, or not myself, my character as a quarterback, though, because I'm I want to play with that character as much as possible. That makes a lot more sense than what I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daddy, that's going to do it for today's show. Where can everyone find you? We got the, we got the, the supersized episode today. Uh, yeah, we yeah. did. Extra like five or six minutes. Yes. Yeah. At CD Carter thirteen, I have my content on RotoWorld.com. I am on Twitter at LayRoundQB. You can find all my stuff over there. It's a lot easier to just say there that. You go. All right, Denny. We're we're in the off season though. We are. We are. The off season. So you guys won't hear us for for hear from us for a little bit. But until then, let's get some milkshakes. Yes. Off season milkshakes are the best. Alright, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you at some point. It's uh, 3.42 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on this planet or really any other planet, the Eastern time zone. And uh, the Chiefs uh, are terrible today, as you as you well know by now, by the time you're listening to this on a Tuesday evening. Uh, miserable performance against one of the league's worst secondaries in Atlanta. Uh, Kelsey doing almost nothing outside of his touchdown. Tyreek Hill, almost nothing. Patrick Mahomes um, looks more like Mitch Trubisky than Mitch Trubisky does today. Uh, So we have that going for us, which is not nice. And and I I had a a Twitter post about 20 minutes before the games kicked off. And yes, like everything else I do, it, it was a joke, but it also wasn't a joke. And that, you know, I, I, I said, uh, uh, as, as you are consumed, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, I'm, as you're consumed with championship week anxiety, remember one thing, the process. Because people come out of week, week 16 more than any other week saying, ah, the Chiefs killed me. Kelsey killed me. Tyreek Hill killed me. Mahomes killed my team. But what can what can you do? <laughs> what <clears throat> what was the play to bench them? Was the play to bench Tyreek Hill in in an all time great matchup? To bench 
Travis Kelsey at the tail end of what is going to be the greatest single season for a tight end in NFL history? Are you going to bench Patrick Mahomes for a streaming option like Baker Mayfield, who doesn't have his top five receivers or something? I mean, what, what exactly would you have done differently? You, you can't think that way. You can't. And so when I, when I tweeted, you know, remember the process, I, and I'm not, I wasn't even talking about the kicker process. I'm not talking about the, the streaming tight end or streaming quarterback process. I'm just talking about <laughs> not uh, regretting decisions that were very easy, that you made correctly, and it simply didn't work out. That that's that's what I was referring to. Now, I will say uh, that I I made several DFS tournament lineups with Mahomes, Kelsey, Ridley, Hill, and at that point you can barely put together a lineup on DraftKings. I mean, you can just scrape by, just barely with the, with those guys. And I did that, and I was excited about it. And man, that has sucked. But again, the process. I'm tilting. Update, 3.49 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. Uh, Travis Kelsey has 22.8 PPR points. Patrick Mahomes has 20.3 points. What are we complaining about exactly? We, uh, yeah, I mean, Mahomes didn't have his 45-pointer. And, and, and Kelsey's not going to have a, a blow-up game. But... <laughs> the, my timeline is filled with people saying, oh, woe is me, woe is me. Kelsey's not going to take me to the promised land. He's a tight end who has 22 fantasy points. What do you animals want? What? He has, Travis Kelsey has created a standard that no human tight end can live up to. Perhaps not even a cyborg tight end can live up to that standard. 22 points. I am tilted. Uh, 4.31 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone, the Eastern time zone, and uh, Scott Hansen on Red Zone Channel just had a funny little joke. I hope you caught it, because I know you're watching Red Zone because you are a degenerate gambler like myself. Um, He was referring to Dwayne Haskins losing his status as captain of the Washington football team. And at the end of of his explanation, he said uh, some people would say that Dwayne Haskins was stripped of his captaincy. You see? Do you see how that works? It works on a couple levels because it actually does work on a literal level. He was stripped of his title as captain and it works on another level which is that he was at a birthday party uh, attended by um, strippers uh, by by dancers whatever the kids are calling them these days and uh, Scott Hansen was uh, deftly avoiding saying that Dwayne Haskins got busted at a party with strippers this week but he was able to sneak in that little verbal jab. And you got to respect that. You just got to. I am uh, tilting. You can do